Orchestra, please be dismissed. It's interesting, uh, this morning I received a text from Pastor Hernan. It was actually a video of him speaking in Spanish. And uh, I wanted to share it, but it's okay. If you want to see it, see me after the service. Uh, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that he's there. I'm glad that he's going to be a blessing. So let's grab our Bibles today. And I know we read the book of Psalms this morning. It's really just a jumping off point to the thought today. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Daniel chapter 1, the book of Daniel, chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse 3. Daniel, chapter 1, verse 3. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. We continue reading in verse 8. We introduced Daniel in verse 7. Verse 8, it says this, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, but with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And this morning is really just a, the, a simple concept, simple thought in regards to having success without compromise. Having success without compromise. Let's pray. Father, again, we come before you, and I know, Lord, we pray to you off during the service. Lord, I need you. I need you to work in your people today. And Lord, help us to see how important it is to walk with you day by day. Help us, Lord, to apply what we learn. Thank you again for giving us the opportunity to open up the Bible and to read and to apply. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Success is defined in the dictionary as a favorable or prosperous termination of attempts or endeavors. It also states that it's accomplishments of one's goals. It's the attainment of wealth, position, honors, or the like. The Bible provides an insight to successful individuals. If we had a resume check of Daniel, we'll find that his CV would be exquisite. It'd be pinnacle. He started out preeminent among the children of Israel. If you'd like to have a pen, you can write these down, or it might be in your notes. In Daniel chapter 1, 3 to 6, we've just read that. But also he gained preeminence among the wise men of Babylon. We notice that in verse Daniel chapter 1, 17 to 20. He was also given power over all of Babylon in second, uh, Daniel um, chapter 2, 48 to 49, and you can see that as well in Jan, uh, in Daniel chapter 5, 29. But then we also see that he, ha, he has given, um, the, the king gave him similar power over the Media Persian Empire. Notice in, in Daniel chapter 6. So it's very easy to, to be able to read the life of Daniel and to say, hey, this guy was a 
a, a prosperous man. This guy was a, a guy that, that was not void of issues in his life. It was not a, a guy that was void of, of, of trials and testings in his life. No, no. He experienced all these things, but for, for God's hand to be on this man, we see that he was prosperous. And so the, the question or, or the sort of concept that we continue to think about this morning is this. How did Daniel, reaching all of these positions of power and influence, do it without compromising his position as a godly man? How did he do it? And I've had a conversation in the past months with a, a young man with a, a desire to do some great things. And, and God did not call him to ministry, but he's called him to, to another field. And I, I won't explain that field to you, but this field that he's desiring to get into and involved in is very stooped in this, is in this manly mindset that you drink with the boys, you protect the boys, you take care of the boys. That's, that, that's his that was the mindset in the occupation that he's desiring to get into. And he's, he told me and conveyed to me, EJ, please pray for me because I struggle every single day with my co-workers, with my seniors in regards to this lifestyle of drinking. If you don't drink with us, then you're not really part of us. If you don't drink with us, then how can I expect you to protect me whilst we're on the field? And this mindset continues to work, not just whether it's in the army, whether it's in the navy, whether it's in the air force, it happens in every single walk of life. Whatever predicament there is, there is opportunity for each individual here to compromise on your stand. Why? To get that promotion. To get up there. It's, it's just a Sunday that we miss. It's just another Wednesday. But here in the book of Daniel, we find a man that was prosperous in his journey but was not compromising in his stand. And this morning, we'd like to go through that. First point for us is simply this. We must maintain. We must maintain our purpose. See, we need to have, um, as believers, we have a purpose. Charles Rari stated this. Salvation brings into the life of a, um, a new capacity and with it, a new ability to think right, to love God, to purpose to do the will of God, to have a changed heart, the heart of a Christian. This means that intellectual, emotional, volitional, and spiritual can now be true and pure. We must maintain our purpose. In Matthew 6, he says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. To seek the will of God in your life and to fulfill it in our lives, no matter the circumstance, no matter how hard it may be, no matter the distresses we face, we must maintain our purpose. We must maintain our purpose. I, I fear that what's happened in Christianity is that we've, we've mysticized God's will in our life. We've mysticized that. So, so young men and women are, are growing up believing that God's will is in a maze somewhere and we need to be walking for all our life to try to find God's will because, because God's not going to give it to us. Do you know what, church? We've been given the, the, the design and the, the will of God already. It's sitting on your lap. Amen? It's sitting on your lap. 
You don't need to be looking around trying to figure out what God's will is. It's there. God has given it to you. And the interesting thing is we must maintain our purpose. So what is your purpose this morning? What is my purpose? And if God has given it to us, do we know it? Your faithfulness towards the application of Scripture in your life, that is the will of God. Amen? But seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what it says. Your intimacy with God the Father through prayer, that's His will for your life. You're, you're trying to find some place to go or the location where God wants you to be. My friend, God's placed you here. God's placed you here. And He's given you His will. It's there in the Bible. And what we need to do is maintain our purpose. Maintain our purpose. You know, it's, uh, it's often stated that, that men and GPSs don't work. But the reality is, if you, just, if you just turn left when it tells you to turn left, and you turn right when it tells you to turn right, eventually you'll get to your destination. All right? Every man has this is internal desire to say, you know what? It's saying left. You know what? I'm going to turn right. I'm going to turn right because I know it's shorter going this way. In actual fact, it's longer. But we need to maintain our purpose. Amen? Simple. We'll continue on. Your fellowship with godly brethren, your reliance on the Holy Spirit to lead you, all these are given to you to fulfill God's plan in your life. But let's notice, secondly, and our first point, the location of our purpose. It says this in verse 8. But Daniel purpose in his where? Heart. Daniel purposed in his heart. When you purpose in your heart, no circumstances will impact your stand. You have to, you have to place yourself in, in Daniel's shoes that day. You, he, he just got taken out of his nation. He watched people get murdered. People got sent that, that, that were used to be princes, used to be great people, and now just paupers on the street. You have to understand he was in a predicament where he's learning a new language. It didn't just say he's learning language. He's learning the, the, the things about the Chaldeans, their belief system, their religions. And all these implications in his life, he still purposed in his heart to not defile himself. And Christian, if you want to have success in your life as a Christian, you need to purpose in your heart to not defile yourself. It happens here in the heart. I'm all for raising your hand after the service and at the altar call. I understand that. I'm all for that. But my friend, the proof is in the pudding. When you step out of the church and you live your next day, the Monday, and you're in the environment and your coworkers are sending you emails full of filth, how is your response to that? We've all been there. We've all experienced that. And the understanding today is simply this. Our, our purpose must be embedded into our heart Daniel was immediately faced with the challenge to violate God's law by eating the king's food. Yet despite his youth and the pressures to conform, he upheld the law of God no matter the cost. Jeremiah 17.9. Let's turn there. I'm going to show you some things in regards to your heart 
And it's very, um, very familiar passages of scripture, but I'd like to share it nonetheless. It says this, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. It says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And we usually stop there to emphasize the fact that the heart is very evil. But let's continue with the next verse. It says this, I, the Lord, searcheth the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways. That's both, and, both evil and good, by the way. Sometimes we see that as a negative thing, but you have to see it. He says, and, and even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And so the person who provides the purpose in the heart is who? God. God does. And in order for us to have a successful career, a successful life, we must embed in our heart, the purpose of God. The purposes of God must be first in our heart. Why? Because he's the one that searches. He doesn't just search it, by the way. He tests it. There's no point of building a bridge and nobody goes on top of the bridge. Does that make sense? My friend, when you, make a, when you, when you testify for the Lord and someone pokes at you, that's God testing you. All right, you said that? Okay. Let me work on that. Let me strengthen you. Let me grow you. We need to understand we have to put in purpose in our hearts. Psalms 119, verse 9. Don't need to turn there. I'll read it for you. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse 11 is a, is a verse that, that should be embedded in your heart. It says this, thy word have I hid in my heart. That's internal. That I might not sin against who? Thee. It's external. And so what we do inside here, how we are inside will bring forth fruit outside. Does that make sense? And today we need to purpose in our heart. Purpose in our heart. We need to be believers of purpose. Secondly, we need to be believers with principle. We need to be believers with principles. Principles are defined simply as this. A comprehensive and fundamental law, doctrine or assumption, a rule or code of conduct, habitual de devotion or right, uh, or right principles, the laws or facts of nature underlying the working of an artificial device. Principles. You know, um, his age, Daniel's age did not change his principles. Daniel's age did not change his principles. Daniel's principles did not change through time. And so the understanding is this. Let's turn to Daniel 1.8. says this in Daniel 1.8. As a young man, he refused to eat the king's meat and drink his wine. It says this, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Let's look at Daniel chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, let's turn there. Daniel chapter 5, verse 13. Daniel 
Daniel chapter 5, verse 13 says this, And Daniel brought in, uh, in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which out of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? Verse 14, I have even of, heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that the light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have, have been brought in before me that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof, but they could not show the interpretation of that thing. And I have heard of thee, that thou canst, that canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Dissolve doubts. Now if thou canst read the writing and make known of me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck. And I shall be third ruler in the kingdom. Verse 17, watch this. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. As, as a young boy, he, he said, you know, I will not defile myself. As, as, a, as a younger man, he says, you know what? Um, you can keep all the things that you can give me. I'll still share to you what God has told me, but you can keep all that stuff. Time didn't change his principle. Time didn't change his stand. And what we need today is men and women that will stand firm, not just when they're young married couples, when they're senior, they'll continue to love each other. They'll continue to hold each other, knowing that they made a promise not to each other, but to God. That's what we need. Men of principle. And church, if we're going to continue forward, if we think that God's going to bless our church, we need to, and we need to have people that will say, you know, I'm going to stand. And even though time continues, I will still stand. I will endeavor to stand. Why? Because I've purposed in my heart that which the Lord has provided me. Amen. We'll continue on today. Thank you for listening so well. We need to be believers with principles. Why? Because Daniel's principles did not change. You know, the, it continues on. Uh, you can read it in your own time in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Um, under threat of persecution and, ref and by refusing to obey the decree of Darius, he was basically sent to execution. But he still didn't change. Our next point is simply this. You know, men of principle, uh, people of principles are admired. The world seeks that. To be quite honest with you, men with principle, they're, they're actually, they're watched by the HR. It's true. When, when you're a man of your word, they respect that. When you say you're going to start work at 8 o'clock and you're there at 8 o'clock, they see that. You're there at 7.30, they see that. They're respected. And throughout the life of Daniel, if you observe his interactions with people, it says that they, they favored Daniel, by the way. Look through it this week. Take some time and see how his interactions affected his relationships. And the way that they, they would say, you know, 
in, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 9, it says, And now God had brought Daniel in favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. As an older man in Daniel um, 6, verse 1, he says, And it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. Men of principle, men with a stand, are respected. Don't forget that. And you say, hey, you're a young blood. You're just young. You don't know what you're saying. The reality is, I watch people. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? I observe people. And I observe how they talk. And I observe how they react to things that don't go their way. And when I see a man respond in the righteous way, you know what? That's a blessing to me. I know that he can handle pressure. I know that I can trust and rely on him. Principles. Do you know what? It's not only people that admire individuals with principles. It's God. God admires people with principles. Let's turn to Psalms 15. You're doing well this morning. Thank you for listening so well. Psalms 15. I'm almost finished. Psalms 15. In verse 1. Psalm of David, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Psalms 15, verse 2, he that walketh uprightly, he that worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart, he that bideth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up reproach against his neighbor, Verse 4, in whose eyes a vile person is contempted, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not, he that putteth not out his money to the usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be Understand, a man of principle, what does it say in the first verse, by the way? Is the people that God will respect. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Do you know who he would be surrounded by? People with the right heart. People that can stand firm. People that don't do the things that were mentioned. God admires individuals who stand to their, to their principles and by their words. It's valuable. So you find a man of his word and you learn from them and you watch their life and you grow. Young adults, teenagers, that what you, sh- you should be doing that. Adults, we should do the same. Look for men that will help us and grow us. Why? Because of their principle. Because they stand true on a, a doctrine of the word of God. And yes, not everyone is perfect. You need to understand this. It's, this is where I think a lot of people fail. What they do is they, they look for one person to fulfill all their boxes. Yeah? That's what they do. That's what we do sometimes, myself included. 
we, we go around and we say, oh, this guy's really spiritual. But you know what? God has blessed him in an area in his life like finance, okay? God has blessed him in that area. So do you know what you do? You go next to him and you learn from him in regards to that area. But you see this man over here? Or you see this lady over here? She, she can take care of her household and she's raised her kids right in the glory of God. And so do you know what you do? You go, you know what? I got your finances from here. God has blessed this man. You know, I see this person here. They, they, they've raised their kids right. I want to learn from this guy here. And what you're doing is you're, you're, you're building each other up. Why? Because that's what we're supposed to do in church. Not rip each other apart. We're supposed to build each other up. Why? For the glory of God. Why? Because we purpose in our heart that, God, we're going to glorify you. Because thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to live my life so that I can glorify you and I can help the brethren here in the church. That's why you're here. It's not just to listen to a sermon or sing the song a thousand times this year. It's people. And I keep reiterating that fact. Why? Because God didn't save a, a process. He saved people. He saved you. He saved me. And processes help. Understand that. That's great. Praise the Lord. But it's people. And so find yourself. Say, where am I? Where's my, what's my uh, purpose? Is it embedded in my heart? But understand that my, my position and my um, consistency in regards to my principles um, is not only going to be seen by men, but it's going to be seen of God. Lastly, it's simply this, we need to be people of prayer. If you're here Wednesday nights, one, I'd like to thank you. Wednesday nights is a beautiful time in church. It is not a waste of time. Amen? We come to church and we pray together. If, you, if you've ever come to a Wednesday night, if you haven't come to a Wednesday night, I encourage you to come. I encourage you to be here. I encourage you to open up your Bible midweek, and I know it's a sacrifice, and I know the next day the children have to go to church, or no, go to school, and I understand the predicament of that. Understand, 100%. But there is something about sitting in a room and knowing that each and every one in that room is praying to the same God you do pray to. And you could hear them mumbling in the back. God, please, on behalf of this missionary, and you hear it, and, and, and it's, it's this weird experience that you have. You say, Are you, I'm not going to come to church for experience. No, you come to church because you obey the Bible. That's what the Bible says. But you come and understand this church. God does our miraculous things on Wednesday nights. When we can pray and God answers prayer. There's a young man that sat in the back over there. And there's some things that we do as, as preachers. We're, um, we're not trained to do it, but... I do this a lot, and it, it, it makes people upset. And if, if you're upset about it, I'm sorry. But this is how I do it. When I preach, I don't look at the back wall. Some people are taught that, by the way. They're taught to look over there to the windows and not have eye contact with the individuals they're speaking to. They're taught that. But for me, I, I, like, I like looking into the eyes of people because it's, it's weird. Like, again, I'm a people watcher. I observe you when you're playing on Facebook pool and you're here at church i'm watching you i see it i observe you when you're sleeping it's fantastic 
Why? Because I, I know when Pasi gets riled up and he's there and he's going to say, bang. You see people go, hey, amen. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Say, praise the Lord, pastors told us to sit with our families. Amen. So now I don't see it. But when we were sitting up there, we see it. So what's that? Simply this church. Um, it's, value, it's valuable to be here. And now that Wednesday night, I saw a man's face. His, his, his face changed when you mentioned heaven. His face changed. And I observed that. His name's Alonzo. Hopefully you're watching this, bro. He received Christ on Wednesday night. So what's the big deal? A soul just received Jesus Christ's forgiveness of his sin. So what, what are you trying to say? Like, can God do that every service? Yes, he can. Absolutely. Does God do it every service? Not all the time. But Wednesday he did. And the beautiful thing in that is, if he didn't come, he came because someone invited him. He'd never been to church. He'd never been to a Baptist church. He, he's a Catholic growing up, but hasn't gone to a Catholic church for years. But one Wednesday night, his life changed. You know, there was a time when it, he changed your life too. Yeah. Mercy. Do you know all I did? I just told him my testimony. I said, you know what? I understood that I was a sinner. There is no way that I can get to heaven without Jesus. And I went through the gospel with him. I opened the Bible, uh, the Bible and I, I was noticing Pastor June and, and Brother Dara, they, they were praying over there watching us. And I was like, man, praise the Lord. I'm praying that God will do something in this young man's heart. And, and you know what? He made that decision. Not me. He did. Why? Because people of prayer see prayers answered. People that don't pray, they don't see prayers answered. Why? Because it's not real for them. They think that it was because of their skill in their, in their occupation. Like they, they, can, they, they look at the screen and they're, they're, they're analyzing the, the data that caused them to have a promotion. Little did they know they, his, his wife was praying for that promotion for years. We need to be men of prayer. We need to be women of prayer. We need to be a church of prayer. And yes, we do preach on Wednesday nights. Praise the Lord. We do pray. And it's important. I'll let you in in a little secret. Every time I go down there and come back up, the iPad closes. So I'm punching in my password whilst I'm talking to you. That's a little secret. You say, what? We need to be people of prayer. Daniel 6.10 says this, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. As he did aforetime, verse 11 of Daniel chapter 6 then these men assembled and found Daniel praying, making supplication before his God. Daniel was a man of prayer. Why? Because he was consistent. 
He was consistent in his prayer. Are you consistent in your prayer? You know, when I wrote that down this week, it hurt my heart. Because I know how inconsistent I could be. And all it is, is just you communicating with your father. Earlier this week, I had an opportunity, I was telling the teens to call my dad. And honestly, we didn't talk about a lot of things. I just wanted to hear his voice. And I just, I just wanted to know that he was there and he was, he was faithful and he was still doing what he was doing. I just wanted to hear that, not from a letter or from a secondary source. I just wanted to hear it from him. Where is that desire for us in God? Where you just want the Holy Spirit to lead you. You just want to talk to God and, 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 and just know that he communicates with you. That he understands where you are. Where is that desire gone? And the reality is, if you do not prioritize prayer, you won't pray. Church, understand that. If you don't prioritize prayer in your life, you won't pray. Just like exactly the same thing. If you don't, if you don't prioritize evangelism or telling people about Jesus in your life, the byproduct of that is that you won't tell anyone about Jesus through the week. And if someone to say to you, who, who did you witness to this week? You'll say, no one. Why? Because we didn't prioritize it. And such is the same with our prayer life, church. We need to have a walk with God. Not just because we have to. And that last point that we have in, in, in the notes is simply this. We're commanded to pray. I understand that we're commanded to pray. But when was the last time you wanted to pray? Not because you had to, but because you wanted to. You wanted to see God. You wanted God to answer your prayers. You want God to, to bless your family's life or you want God to save that soul or whatever it may be. When was the last time you did that? And I, I know there are many here in church says, you know, I did that this morning. Thank you. Thank you for walking with God. People were praying for this service. The wee early mornings. And their prayers were heard of their God. And just, just because you sit here and nothing is getting through to you doesn't mean God is not answering the prayer of somebody else. I've been there, church. Don't, don't think that I'm, in a, I'm on a different level. I'm not. I've sat in church and not, I've not gotten nothing from the sermon. Maybe the sermon wasn't for you. Maybe for someone else. And what you need to do, because, because you're right with God, and I'm not saying that in a cynical way, because you're walking with God already, you need to pray. God, this doesn't apply to me, but whoever it's applying to, please help them. Grow them, please. And we need to take the mindset that we're a unit here. It's not me against the world. So when you pray, pray. 
Amen. Take some time and pray. So in conclusion, as we learn from the life of Daniel, we can learn some things in regards to our purpose. We can learn some things about our own personal principles. We really got to focus on our prayer life because that's where it's at. So maybe today the Lord spoke to your heart about one of these areas, not all of them, maybe just one. Maybe it's your prayer life. We have a, we have a great God. Um, maybe was it? John, where is he? Is he here today? What was your verse, bro? You read it this morning. Can someone quote that for me? Any of the adults? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Notice that word, just, to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's John's favorite verse, by the way. You know, if we apply that in our life, you'll smile a little bit more. You'll take that next step in faith rather than your own self. You'll get yourself out of a lot of predicaments and issues in your life if you just come back to God and say, God, I'm wrong. You're right. Let me please walk with you again. That's all it is. Maybe there'll be someone here today that says, I don't even know if I'm going to heaven. You've been talking about this relationship with God and all that stuff, but I don't even know if I have a relationship with God. Maybe today we can show you from the Bible how you can know that you're going to heaven, but far greater than heaven, have a relationship with the God that created you, the God that, cra- uh, that, that craves your relationships, the God that loves you enough to send his son Jesus to die for you. Maybe that's you today. Whoever it may be, allow the Holy Spirit to work. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads, please. As the pianist comes, thank you again for listening so well. Maybe the Lord spoke to your heart this morning. Maybe God's speaking to your heart even right now. I'd like to ask you, if you say, Pastor EJ, do you know this sermon? The sermon spoke to my heart. Out of, out of a sincere heart, Pastor EJ, could you pray for me? God spoke to my heart about this area. I see that hand already. Please just raise your hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Please hand. I see those hands throughout the room. You may put them down. Thank you. What if this morning you say, Pastor EJ, I don't even know if I'm going to heaven. It's just between me, you, and God. There's nobody else looking around. It's just me and you. You say, Pastor EJ, pray for me. I'd like to know how to get to heaven. I'd like to know if I'm going to heaven when I die. Please pray for me. Is anybody here that will be honest to say that? Is that you today? Is that you today?
If that's the case, then again, if you're too shy, please see somebody. Ask that person that invited you to come. Thank you for coming today. So as a piano place, I'd like to give you an opportunity to pray. I know we, we don't like standing up, but let's all stand and let's take some time today. If, you're, if the Lord spoke to your heart, come join me at the altar. We'll pray and we'll continue on with the service. Thank you. Again, please come.